Welcome back to Making an Artist. I'm your host, Shanna Shrum, creator of Life of the Potty and coach to women-identified creators. On today's episode, we have so much. One, go into the show notes, watch Steps for Bravery. It's a beautiful piece. We talk about it at length in the episode. So if you want to know what we're talking about, definitely check it out. Okay, go do that right now. I'll wait. Okay, now that you're back, this is the layoff episode. If you have ever had that sinking feeling and sat across from some dude in HR, this episode is for you. Sarah Many has been there, and guess what? It made her a better artist, and it made her a paid artist. You're gonna love this one, so sit back, relax, buckle in, this is a good ride. Record because I can just chop all the bullshit yes, out of it. If editing I want. is magic. It makes you look so mm, good. Mm, 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 um, and I am a lot, and I do like a lot of like <laughs> long pronounced. Um, I say a lot of likes, or do you know what I mean? Oh, because do you know what I mean? <laughs> all the time, I say that all the time. I'm like, but like, it's like a status check. Like, do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, am I making sense? Here? Yes, exactly. I just want to be clear with everyone mm. because I feel like no one's ever clear. Uh, exactly. Okay. Well, welcome everyone to Making an Artist, the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have sitting across from me drinking a glorious glass of red wine. Glorious. Cheers. Cheers. Ting. Uh, the wonderful Sarah Mini. Sarah Mini, please introduce yourself to the folks at home. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Hello. Um, I am Sarah Mini. Mm-hmm. I am... A filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I freelance a lot, but I also own my own company that I am the founder of, CEO, and creative director, mm-hmm. executive producer. All I'm of raising my glass <laughs> to that. Yeah, and I mean, I have a great team that I work with, too, as well. Sarah Conley, She, uh-huh. I officially had her... Um, kind of partner with me and made her COO and okay. head of production. Yeah. Ladies so, in charge. Um, yes. And what is the name of this wonderful company? Mini Please. Productions. Mini LLC. Productions, which is also your... Middle name. Middle name. Oh, I was that was one of my questions I was going to ask. You know, where does many come from? Yeah. Were you obsessed with many when you were a kid? I think people forced me to be. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I think I played it up a lot. I think I was like, yeah, many. Um, but I also... As much as it's my middle name, it's also like kind of the idea of something being punny. You know, mm. I like all productions start off small and oh, are right. like, you know, like, oh, we're just going to do this. We're going to do it guerrilla style. We're just going to go. You we, don't need any licensing. That's totally insurance. what I do. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm like, and it we're just going to sneak in. Everybody get their iPhones <laughs> yes, out. Yes. Everybody be cool. If you see security, just run. Yes. You don't know me. Get out of there. Yeah. It's, when you're at the Louvre and you're filming yes. for your web oh. series, you're like, yes, with a loaf of bread. <laughs> I w- I wish that was the scenario that was offered to me <laughs> in my like, life. I was worried that the security was going to take my loaf, my my baguette from me, and they were like, didn't even bat an eyelash, and I was like, duh, this is Paris. Yeah, they like have like, baguettes and bags all the time. Yeah, they're like, what? They like probably she's a have- local, <laughs> like, for sure. Yeah, well, she's I, here on our lunch yeah, hour, man. She needs a snack. Yes. I love it, but that's awesome you got to shoot there. Yeah, whatever, man. It was like, it was ridiculous how hard I thought it was going to be to do it Mm -hmm. and how completely simple it was. Yeah. I went on a Sunday, like, right before closing. Uh, That's the perfect time. It's the perfect time because the Mona Lisa wasn't as, like, busy. Yeah. So that's what I put Uh. in the shot is I had, like, a shot of me taking a selfie with the baguette with the Mona Lisa. 
And oh my god, where is this? It's is this in La Baguette. It's in the season one of uh, Life of the Party. Oh my god, I gotta binge watch all of this. You season. can do it in like a smooth thirty minutes. So that's, that's like perfect. the best type of binging because you don't hate yourself after. <laughs> no, we don't. You're gonna, it's actually like really healthy binging. Yes, it, that's an anything for thirty minutes. Anything, anything binging. for thirty minutes, right? Many productions, small productions, and but your productions aren't that small. No, and that's it kind of just grows. It's like this seed effect that we always try to, which is always, you know, turns into something else later, but it always grows into this massive, massive production. Ooh, I like the seed effect. Did you coin that? <laughs> no, but yo. I'm going to go ahead and say that that's yours. Yeah. Thank you. So I'll work on that. I like, this. can we like talk about like germination? I love <laughs> yes. that. Yeah. I love that. No, but the literally the seed effect, it's it just everything kind of grows. I mean, we always start, I mean, specifically when I talk to like my DP and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I'm like, you know, we're going to keep it lean, you know, natural lighting, <laughs> all that. And it never, ever, ever, ever works out like that because I'm also a sucker for making things look absolutely beautiful so yeah I just want I right before you came over I because I'm a really professional host who prepares I watched steps for bravery yes and it visually is stunning the lighting is crisp and like beautiful and not to mention Brittany Julius's words are like (sighs) I know you know but yeah I noticed I well it was listen smooth clean profesh Got me right in my gut. Yeah. You know, in my visceral areolas. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's beautiful work. How did you come by many productions? When did you when did you recognize that you wanted to to make films, to do videos? And- yeah. Well, I think I I knew I've always been in a family of storytellers. Mm. So like my dad mm. is like the king storyteller. Mm-hmm. And like how he would tell a story and like and just like wrap me up in that feeling of mm-hmm. like, e- like hanging on each and every word of his. And I knew that all of those stories really had to come to life at some point. He told me to teach me lessons, but in mm. ways that I didn't know. It's like allegories or yeah, whatever, you yeah. know. And I mean, just like weird, creepy shit too. Like my dad, <laughs> like like my dad. What's your dad's name, really quick? Tom. Tom. Love yeah. it. Tom. Tom. Yeah. Can you do? Because I've heard you do his voice before. Can you like? Can you like do his thing? I think. I can't do maybe when, maybe later. Yeah, when, maybe it's gonna be maybe after this glass of wine, I'm gonna be like talking like my dad. But he would, he's like a jokester, mm-hmm. and he would come like I slept with my parents until I was like a young adult, like way too fucking long. Like I was afraid of the I'm not dark. Cutting this yes, from I don't the podcast. care. Everyone's gonna know it's real, y'all. Like living, like I was. Relatively an only child, which is a whole nother story, but um, I grew up sleeping with my parents. That's probably why I was an only child Uh for so long. Uh Um, But my dad would come into my room at night, and he would pop his head in, and he would be like, the Roscoe Street Strangler is going to get you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like, you know I'm scared of everything, dad. Like. Why would I you do that? You were scared to sleep without yeah, them. Just Who's the Roscoe up? Street Strangler? He just this guy he made up because we I grew up in Roscoe Village. Okay. A mix between my dad's storytelling and my mom's just like a boss bitch at business. Like mm. she's just like So dad your dad was a wonderful storyteller and your mom is a businesswoman, which 
now makes 100% perfect sense that you would start your own production company yeah. and tell stories. Yeah. Um, when did, like, did you go to school for filmmaking? Like, tell me, when did you sit your parents down and be like, sorry, mom and dad, but I'm coming out <laughs> as an artist? I'm going to be broke as fuck for the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah. Because I'm not a white man in Hollywood. Ooh, so <laughs> I'll never make Big enough mistake. money. Yeah. Sorry, mom and dad. I really let you down. Um, but I would say the moment that I really wanted to get into, uh, I mean, I've always loved it. I've taken classes in college. My, um, you know, one of your questions were like hangups, like a, a hangup. Oh, your negative core belief. Yeah. Yeah. And Oof, tell me about that. <laughs> and I, I just got I, back from therapy. Yeah. And I was dealing with some of mine. I, I was thinking, you know, as I was kind of reflecting on that and I'm like, you know, there could be so many negative things that I can feel at times about my job and, um, just because we're fucking human. Yeah. Um, and working with clients is never the easiest. I don't know what you're talking about. Like <laughs> Never. Working with people that have a lot of money, that's weird. Yeah. It's, it's so easy. Yeah, I wish I just provided, a, like, jewelry making mm-hmm. where I can, someone pays me for it, they know what they're getting, I can package it and give it to them. But they're still going to be mad about it. <laughs> All the time. They're going to be mad be like, about everything. This speed was wrong. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Well, I realized, actually, I was talking, Britt and I worked at, Britt Julius, uh-huh. and I worked at Friend Group of the Podcast. Together. <laughs> yes, Friend of the Podcast. She'll you be on probably, Yeah, it's going to be like, well. she's definitely going to be on. She, I've always had a passion for filmmaking, and I remember one of the first couple of times we, you know, Groupon was being Groupon. So you worked at Groupon with Britt Julius yes. back in the aughts? Late yeah. aughts? I don't. Tens? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what were you doing for Groupon? Just... Oh, my God. So the kids now. Yeah. Was really a lot of project managing Mm -hmm. and um, team leading, which basically I got pushed out from being a manager for a man, for a white dude, because they said that he was there longer and they don't want him to leave and he's complaining a lot. Oh, sure. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Literally, if used to have this conversation you should definitely give them more power and affluence and exactly and it was kind of like a kick in the face Uh and she uh literally the director um she's like i think you're great and you did absolutely nothing wrong it's just jeff has jeff jeff fucking jeff Jeff. fucking jeff of course (laughs) yes the worst um jeff all the Jeffs at home really need to sit down and have a hard think about themselves yes. right now. Kick we're rocks probably talking about with you. no shoes. <laughs> Literally. Um, and, still everyone. That's and dumb. he knew, and he, I mean, it was to his benefit to not say anything. Right, of course. So he, Oof. yeah, so I was fuming. But it all happened for the best because then I ended up um, meeting Britt. We automatically... It was like two little magnets, uh-huh. you know. Um, we, you know, when we met each other in editorial, um, the department I was in was getting dissolved. Her original department was getting dissolved into this one mega department. So you guys were both kind of off kilter. Yeah. We were both like, and they kind of shit on us a lot. Yeah. So we, they both, we were the ones that were like kind of the problematic children, uh-huh. even though we weren't. Like, and it, it's one of those things that. Um, The person that knows that just putting a Band-Aid on it isn't going to work Uh because, like, it just doesn't work like that. Like, you have to actually fix a wound and treat a wound and, like, all that. Guys, all everyone write that down in their journal. (laughs) You can't just put a Band-Aid on things. No, you You have have to to treat it. and treat a wound with attention. Yes. You have to pay attention to things in order to heal them. Yeah, you can't make sure that it gets infected. It's a process, Mm -hmm. you know? Something doesn't just heal overnight. So you and Britt, though, you guys... 
You guys were like moths to a flame. Yeah, I remember she came around and one of the first things she said, I think she heard me talking. And she was like, are you black? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, yeah. How did you know I was black? Because not many people. For people listening, I am very white passing. So as a white passing biracial woman of color, um, to have someone notice that I was black and navigating an all-white space like Groupon, I was mm-hmm. like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is incredible. This It made me feel also, like, very seen, seen. Yeah. you know? And, like, without, because sometimes I, I feel like sometimes I'm always like, oh, like, I'm black. I'm black. And I have to yeah. remind people, and I feel like sometimes, like, that's fucking exhausting, and that's my own baggage. But with Brit, she just saw me, and then after a while, we were talking about her writing, and she's like, well, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, yo, what do you mean? Like, we're here every day together. Like, <laughs> like what do you... Like, what do I do? Well, like, what, what do, do you do during the day, you know? She's like, no, but, like, what do you do? Like, mm-hmm. what's your passion, you know? she's like, I know that this isn't just it. Yeah, she's yeah. like, this is not, like, at all. She, like, said that. Like, this isn't it. What, what, what's your thing that drives you? What are you doing on the side? What, 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 what do you actually do? And I was like, well, I would love to be a filmmaker but it just seems so unobtainable Mm. to me you know like Mm -hmm. what like I didn't go to and to answer your question from earlier I didn't go to a school a tech school for filmmaking you know like I didn't go to uh all Columbia I didn't go to all of these schools like even DePaul has a great program like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to any of them I went to a small liberal arts college that you know I graduated with communication and digital media which basically just means like you can do a bunch of shit on a digital landscape. Like, it doesn't mean anything, you know? College in general just means you can complete something. Yeah, like, college in general is just a bunch of people decided that you've, like, paid them enough money. Yeah. And I've gotten... I love to learn and I love classes, but I've gotten really, like, Mm -hmm. disgruntled with our education system Mm -hmm. in this country. And I luckily was... Mm -hmm. I'm old enough, thank God, that I don't ha- I don't have the student debt that mm-hmm. that the you know millennials are carrying right now, and like I have a theater degree, yeah. Like I can like that's about as like good as a piece of toilet paper, <laughs> <laughs> no. which is so crazy because that could that's actually like super transferable, right? Yeah, like people good. are like customer service, people oh, yeah. are like marketing, which is great, but like we originally when I was in school, I was like fucking radio right yeah. like that's what i want to yeah. be in storytelling is great because like i don't want my face in it but like radio <laughs> I don't like to wear makeup yeah it's like i don't want and i love a good face beat but like i don't want to have to do that every day and like i originally started interning for q101 in the loop and like i started doing some marketing stuff for them and like it sucked yeah <laughs> it was the worst yeah. Yeah. It was basically standing in front of gas stations passing out swag. Oh, gross. Yes. And then you'd like go home and smell like burritos yeah, and, and gas. Yeah, in like Orland Park. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not even a convenient gas station. Like one that takes two hours to get to. Oh, gross. And you're there for like five just in the sun. And everybody going going into the gas station doesn't want to talk to you. And you really don't want to talk to anybody either. You're just there and you're not being paid for it. So it's just kind of like. So your radio de- dreams were dashed was what you're saying. Murdered. Murdered. So Brittany, you are having this conversation. I listen. First of all, full disclosure, everyone. I we both know Brit, and yeah. like she, she is that person though. She is that catalyst because I, I, you know, one of the things I like to talk about a lot are creative champions and the people who 
who maybe didn't even know at the time that they were literally handing you a match and lighting yeah. your, your flame, if you want to call it that. And you know what's really funny is that I just I had Stephanie Jensen on the first episode and you were her champion. Aww. And I, I just love I love that story. I love hearing stories about how people stepped in and kind of held the space and, and held the truth for mm-hmm. someone because because they couldn't in the moment do it for themselves. And then, you know, five, six, seven years later, this is what you're doing for your job. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Like it's you, special. Yeah it's, yeah. it's pretty special. I know it's like a down way to, like a down play on what it is, but I feel like it is special, you know? Oh, it's so special. It's so, it's like so precious. Like, yeah. And, and then after that, like with Brit, after, you know, she was like, what do you do? And we talked a little bit about it and she's like, we'll do it. You know, just, you know, you could, like, we could do it. Like, yeah. And I, I remember, I don't even know how long it was after, but she came to me with an opportunity and she was like, hey, let's shoot this thing. Like, I have this piece that I want to write, and it's for, uh, I forgot what it was called. It was for something that they're going to show at Shubas, Shubas, Yeah, Shubas. And um, I was like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. So we, like, woke up at 5 in the morning, and, like, we shot this on, like, my parents, like, <laughs> like, hand camcorder hey and like i whatever you got yeah i dragged one of my best friends liz who's like ride or die i can tell this girl i'm like hey i really need you she's like all right let's go like she's just like that and then um aloe who's Mm -hmm. or alex alejandro whatever he wants to however whatever his professional name yeah whatever we don't really know yeah to me he's aloe Mm -hmm. and um i asked him to do it and he did it he does lighting lighting he's like a lighting genius Uh um but when you're stuck being best friends with me, like you, you're, you're gonna stop saying, you know, you're gonna come over, you're gonna be holding the camera at yes. some point, like enjoy your life. Yes, and like, they you'll were definitely such get some troopers. cheap wine. Yeah, they were <laughs> such troopers. They were like just amazing. It was cold. It was five in the morning. We need one in nighttime. But like day early sunrise, yeah. but not to sunrise. I don't know. It was so. Where is that piece? Where can I go watch it? I will never show that <laughs> again. Uh, Brit and I actually talked about that, and it was like shown to so many people. And I look back at it now, but and, it was- I, and and I and it's so pivotal. I feel like we should have an event that's like let's all showcase can our we? like worst thing, but we that means the most to us because I. You couldn't be here if you didn't make that. Exactly. And even if it's garbage, even if it's fucking yeah. trash, <laughs> like, it is so... And it's not even, like, that it's bad, so but it's, like, that bad. It's so important, know? though. Yeah. And, I, you know... It's fun. I love bad art for that reason. Yeah. I love bad art. And I, like, I also, I think it's, you know, because I write really bad poetry and, like, no one will ever read it. Yeah. Like, it'll just live and I will... I will Assign someone to burn it upon my demise, <laughs> yes. so no one ever write reads yeah. it. I mean, I, I suck at it. I suck at like clay, but I like to play with clay. Yeah, that's and therapeutic. Just, it's all these things that like th- this idea that we have to be an expert in order to do something is just is is a negative belief. It's it's yeah. a limiting belief. It's something that will literally stop you in your tracks and keep you from achieving what it is that you want to do. Yeah. And like look at all the things that would not have been made totally. had you not made this trashy. Yes. And it's and not I'm, I bet it's pretty good. Yeah, actually. I mean it's not the I mean I'm just saying in terms of like how it's shot, how it's edited and like what yeah. it's shot on, all this stuff is so different. The writing it's Brit, you know, Brit Julius. Mm-hmm. Brittany fucking Julius oh, yeah. is great writing, right, you know. Right. Um it's just we talk about how we want to redo it now. 
And oh, we want to have a uh, redo it now and kind of show before and after. Oh, and I feel like you can kind of see the growth. Can you do like growth. a split screen? Yeah, and so I feel cool. like it would be super, super fun. Um, but she came with that opportunity. And it honestly, I think that is probably what was um, the big pivotal change for me mm. in terms of when I realized like I could do this shit. You know, and then getting laid off. Uh, so getting laid off at Groupon. Talk about, yeah, because, yeah. so I love this. This is like, this is something that when we're in it. So I just heard this quote the other day, and I think it's applicable for like all artists. Because it's, it's um like, if you came to this podcast for like, like quotes and things and yeah. like actually who said them, like you're the wrong podcast. <laughs> but um, if you just want to like, if you like need yeah. facts, like this isn't the place. Yeah. But... <laughs> Go somewhere else. No, we're not gonna quote sources. Go, go to or Britannica. Anything. Yeah. Like, sorry. Um, I heard it's a writer's quote, and he says, "Nothing bad ever happens to a writer." Hmm. And I think you can basically replace writer with artist because yeah. nothing bad ever happens to a writer because if you're if you're actively creating, it's all fuel. It's yeah. all. It's all something. And, like, yeah. not to go... Guys, like, don't go out and, like, yeah. bang a bunch of dudes and, yeah. like, get really drunk and, like, yeah. do all the drugs or anything. Yeah, don't, <laughs> so like, walk you, into oncoming traffic. Yeah, and, like, don't, don't like, create false experiences yes. because I think I think we can all sense when that's happening. Yes. But, like... Like, Vice articles or something like that. Where, like, someone's like, let's just do a whole bunch of drugs. <laughs> Seriously. You don't need to go out and create drama in your life because it'll come find yes, you. We're humans. That, you, know, you know, like we don't need to make our lives any harder than they need to be because they're going to come and get you. No. And then you can use that experience. Yeah. But I love that like for you now looking back in retrospect, you can be like, oh, this layoff that probably at the time, I mean, tell me how that felt. Yeah. Like, well, the, lay- the layoff like, great was- and probably awful at the same time. Well, it felt great because I had a great friend by my side. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was devastating, and it was hard. And I remember Scary. lashing out at everybody that, like, my parents, who are, like, my biggest champions in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my partner just lashing out at them and being like, you literally don't fucking get it. Yeah. You know, feeling like you're going crazy because you can't articulate your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and feeling like that. Well, what do I do now? Yeah. I gave you so much of it. It's, you know, that broken relationship feel. Well, what do you want from me? Where am I supposed yeah. to go? Yeah. You know? And then you're like, what do I do now? Well, you're like, well, I just made this video. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I have all this free time now. Maybe some severance. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> I did get a severance thing. On. And, you know, it wasn't like buku bucks, but it was totally got Enough. me to where I needed to. And I think, you know, when we talk about the idea of your biggest break, and I don't think it has to be the next Hollywood film is... Your break into something you wanted exactly. to do, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I the feel, opportunity, the access point, yes, that yes. You, you can access the artists in yourself, yes, was probably the space that was created by this this layoff. Yeah, and because of this layoff, I ended up working for a rental house, a, uh, a gear rental house, production films, all that stuff for uh, Magnanimous Media, mm-hmm. and they definitely. And you know, Craig can listen to this. I love Craig. We. Craig, I mean, I feel like listen, it's questionable that we love you. <laughs> it is questionable, Craig, and you know that. <laughs> Craig, and, Craig and Jeff. Yeah, Craig and fucking Jeff. But if it wasn't 
for that opportunity, literally at Magnanimous Media, who people, like, they do not have the best customer service. They do not have a lot of great stuff. Are they, like, a big house? Yeah. He gave me an opportunity. And I remember I applied for a job, and it was for a gear tech that I was so unqualified for. Oh, good. Like, so... So fucking unqualified Just give to be the a kids gear tech. Awesome yeah, you know what I mean. I was like not qualified for yeah. that at all. And then um, I remember he interviewed me like in a studio, like in his walk-in studio, like stand, like we were standing up, yeah. and it was like a, it was very weird. He's like, "Can you spell the?" <laughs> yes, <it."> yes. <laughs> but like he was like, "Well, you're not qualified for this position." Cool, but we're on that same yeah. page. And I'm like. <laughs> Heartbreak, stab me, and I'm like, but I'm a great learner, yeah, sir. You are, yeah. <laughs> like, I need to eat. Please, sir, yeah, please. Literally, like, I don't work please. for Groupon anymore. Yes, please, literally. Um, but he was like, hey, I need an in-house producer, and I need a uh, in-house marketing mm-hmm. director. How do you feel about that? You're like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> like, I could do that. So, tell me, what does it feel like to walk on a set and be like? Be maybe the only woman there and also a woman of color. What's that? How fun is that? Well, <laughs> I feel <laughs> like... One yeah. Ten being a blastoid. Muddy water. One well, being I'd rather have my period. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm so used to navigating those grounds that right. it's sad. Oh, man. Um, but only in freelance situations. I... None of my sets ever represent. Oh no! I looked. At, you know I saw I mean? the. I saw the title credits of your of Steps for Bravery. Yeah, there. lady after lady. After yeah, lady after lady. Yeah, and that's what you know. Even Emily, she was on there, and when we have Bonfavant release in on in the beginning of March, Emily, the owner of Bonfavant, was a part of Hurus Roar Steps for Bravery. Oh, I know. She brought some stank. Yes, she was. <laughs> oh, oh, I just love it. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. You know, but she has theater background. She has everything. Uh-huh. Like literally. We the met. Epitome of, we like, met on the Fly Honey show. Oh, yeah, dancing. She, she to me is like when you think of just a creative person. Yeah, in ge- like like literally who is an out artist. Yeah. yeah, honestly. Oh, it's Emily. Like yeah. that's who she is. Um, but she said like, just went seeing the call sheets and seeing that there were so many women. She's like, I was excited to be here, and I think that's important because when we create spaces in film. Um, not only does it create a safe space for women and the other people that are there. And, you know, when I talk about women, I mean, like, you know, yeah, non-binary. Yeah. yeah. When you have them there, it honestly, shit gets fucking done. Yeah. It shifts the dynamic. I yeah. Mean. And it also teaches sometimes that this isn't an old, you know, an old boys club. This is something different. This is ran by women. Women are in lead roles in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing it. positions, yeah, mm-hmm. writing it, and and you know, are editing. just editing everything. Yeah. You know, I've also been very blessed because the men that I've worked with in filmmaking yeah. have been very much championing of me and mm-hmm. the work that I've done, and wanting to support me and the women that I feel like we should support. And that. I've been very lucky, and it's because of magnanimous that. I've met these people, you know, mm, Rudy and I were mm-hmm, shooting mm-hmm. random shit, gorilla style, like by the lake, freezing, like having so much fun, yeah. having having that school experience yeah. of creating films. Yeah. What I think is so interesting is that you had this job magnanimous that you were underqualified for mm-hmm. that probably wasn't really where you wanted to be. No, but I, eventually it was. Eventually, like that producer role and being able to just like write, create, like literally he told me like, hey, we just got, you know, um, the red 
and red weapon and we want to shoot something that can really show its range to see how it looks mm -hmm. in low light mm -hmm. uh just create Which something the red is a camera yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um and create a film that can showcase it i don't care what the narrative is just like create anything you want just like circus show when okay. do you get paid the opportunity to just be like and so then like paid we, to go to school yes literally listen everybody yes <laughs> start off at rental houses go get a job there like yeah. literally you will never get your hands when you first start in this industry on the level of equipment mm -hmm. that you do mm -hmm. at a rental house like rental houses want you to go out and shoot something so they're giving you the most expensive gear the newest state of the art best shit ever so Real how do you building. how do you access them then how do you get it do you just like throw your application on yeah on they're Monster? basically always hiring okay like honestly because there's a in realistic there's a lot of turnover rate in okay those places. but that's fine i mean like you're not like the thing is is that we don't do jobs forever like exactly. that like there's a very impermanenceness is that a word whatever i made it when yes Thanks. it is 2018 <laughs> uh add into the dictionary whenever she feels like it <laughs> And there's nothing's forever. Mm -hmm. Like everything is just, you know, as long as you want it to be. And so it's like this idea that, because I don't think it's a compromise. Actually, I think, I think getting paid essentially getting paid to go to school. It, it reminds what? that's like the it's, littest it's amazing. thing ever. It like it reminds it reminds me of like my my corporate job. Whereas like I could look back on it and be like, that yeah. job sucked my life, and it did at some point. But it also educated me on how to do spreadsheets, yes. and budgets, and run a business, yes, and say you know, bought, you know, think about you know your overhead versus yes. your profit margin, blah blah blah, all yeah. this shit that you don't get taught at liberal arts school, yeah, that you don't yeah. get taught at theater school. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get like taught how to like figure out yeah. who, what dude is gay, you, and you can't it. sleep with him or not. <laughs> Or like they'll sleep with you anyway, yes. and then like you'll find out later. Yeah. Like ooh, if, you or know, like, like you'll learn, like yeah. you'll learn that <laughs> quickly, quickly, quickly. <laughs> but it's the things that we think are like not exactly what we want end up being exactly what we need. Exactly. Oh I, my god! I was like, put that in your journal. No, for real. I was so. I remember I was so nervous about this magnanimous job. We were in Pilsen. My parents were waiting for me because they came in to visit. And I made the conscious decision after I got laid off from Groupon, either I'm going to do what I want mm -hmm. and probably struggle, mm -hmm. um, but it's in the field that I want, or I'm going to be worried about making money and like right. get any corporate job because I want to make X amount a year. And I was like, I'd rather be doing what I love to do and uh -huh. learning about it and being a constant learner than in a situation where... I will never probably be the happiest ever. Yeah. In a, in a I would wake up in the middle corporate. of the night um, at the tail end of my corporate job. I would wake up in the middle of the night uh, and I like couldn't catch my breath. Yeah. And I and I would like, uh, which I think is what they call like an anxiety attack or something. <laughs> what is that? What is it? I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah. And I just, because I was so, you know, and I thought... I had I had expired there. Yeah, you know my time there was done. Yeah, and I needed to leave. But and that's real. That feeling is so real. And I, you, I mean, at some point, did you get that plate to that place at at, at Magnanimous? Uh, yeah. No, I got laid off again. Okay, cool. Okay, you <laughs> yes. have some happy laid offs. Yes, though. yes. No, I actually, I just I was there for a year. Mm -hmm. 
um just bought our first house oh cool yeah so just signed Perfect. the paperwork just like signed yourself up for a 30-year uh, mortgage uh was flying home from uh from nab nab and um what's nab it's national broadcasting it's like basically where uh all the gear companies go oh, okay. to fly yeah, and it's like, like a, a convention big, and then you're like Ooh, yeah it's bunch like of nerds having yeah, sex you bet i was like, home yeah i was like oh this is so great i learned so much i the morning that I got home, the day after, I signed into my work email and it was shut off. So I emailed what? Craig what? and I was like, yo, my email's not working. What up, I just Craig? wanted to make sure everything was okay. And he was like, well, insert long emailed about like how great it's been, how much I've done. Wait a minute. They didn't even sit you down? No. They but just that's like, totally Craig. And Craig will know that that's That's totally a Craig, Craig and a Jeff move for yeah. sure. That's very cowardly, Craig. Yeah. I'm and he knew I right just now. moved up, moved into they don't care. a house I bought, they and they like care. the house was riding on the fact that I make a certain a month because of this job, and he didn't give a fuck. No, fresh so, out of those, Craig. Aren't yeah. You? So set in depression at that point. Enter depression. Yeah. Dum dum dum. Yeah, it was pretty wild. And then um, that's when really the juice for mini production started okay. popping up because I was freelancing under it because for taxes stuff, you yeah, yeah. always do an LLC. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, after that, I was like, it's time to hustle and I have no idea what that fucking means. Mm-hmm. And I am applying for job and I'm applying for job and, you know, I'm... You kind of lost maybe. Yeah. Oh my God, I lost everything. I At that point, I was so... To sit down at my computer, I had immense anxiety. I would be hysterically crying mm. and then like... Um, and then like pacing around the room because I didn't know what to do and then I would sit back down and then I would hyperventilate and nobody really I couldn't tell anybody what why that that was why I was acting like a feeling yeah it was just so like and it was so it just naturally happened like I would sit down and I would hyperventilate it's like Pavlovian response yeah because you're the anticipation of what you were about to do and the unknown was was painful yeah and that's like my experience was magnanimous Mm. so how do I stand out when my I want to continue in filmmaking, and my professional experience mm-hmm. was with them specifically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so how did you get the courage to start your own company? Uh, were you just, like, drunk on wine, and you're like, let's do it? Well, or were you like... No, to start my own company, like, actually get the rights, go to LegalZoom, whatever the fuck <laughs> like, <laughs> like, plug. Legal, LegalZoom.com can yeah. definitely sponsor Yeah, so podcast. I was going to be like, you should be sponsoring her. Honestly, um, my mom was just like, you're not just like, you need to have an LLC because it makes sense with taxes, like blah, 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 blah. You have to do this. And I was like, oh, okay, mom, it makes sense. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, it makes sense. You know, Sarah's chief operating officer, but like, yo, mm-hmm. Barb Chandler Barb. is the chief operating officer. You She's know? babes. Yeah. yeah, like Babsy Barb is a uh, uh, chief operating officer. Babsy and she, Barb. She motivated me too, but it was nerve wracking. And I don't think I, I don't think you ever fully have the courage to do it. I think every day is something that you, I wake up and remind myself that I have to right. prioritize my courage every day. <sighs> Yeah, I when you said that, it reminded me of the phrase, start before you're ready. Yeah, always. Always start before you're ready. Always. Like, you started before you were ready at, at Magnanimous. Oh, my, yes. And now you sit in front of me wearing velvet. <laughs> I got this at TJ Maxx it's for $10. so cute. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, Does, I isn't it giving he, you Steph Jensen? Yeah. I think I, I was kind of thinking about giving it to her because I feel like I this is I think you just need to buy her one. Yeah. So you need to have one too. I don't know. I just feel like this. I, it's very cute. It's like um, if you this. accidentally leave it here, you'll yes. never see it again. <laughs> That's fine. You can borrow it anytime. Thank you. $10. <laughs> TJ Maxx. Oh my God. I'm a, I am a Maxinista. They also can sponsor this. Yes. Podcast. Please sponsor this. <laughs> that means home goods. That means all the branches of them. Marshalls yes. never, never pay full price for All fabulous. We're here for you. That's right. Hey, do you like what you're hearing? If so, pop on over to patreon.com backslash life of the potty. This podcast is listener supported, so anything you can support us with would be 100% greatly appreciated. We would love to hear from you. I feel like you can never get over imposter syndrome. <sighs> I feel like... And if you do feel like you're over it, then you're maybe not challenging yourself. What's the next opportunity that you feel uncomfortable about? Yeah. And you're navigating that space differently. I think, and maybe, you know, maybe one of these days I'll get a dude on this podcast and ask him about it. Yeah. But I feel like... Yes, I know. I feel like imposter syndrome is is a very, like, specific thing for a woman. And yes. I don't know about you, but, like, when I first started doing video and and mm-hmm. stuff, I, whoa, like, I was like, yeah. first of all, I shoot everything on a fucking iPhone. Yeah, and it I, looks great, and it's fucking written amazing. Thank you. But I I had a huge, um, I, I had a huge, like, problem with it. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, well, I just didn't have any money. Like, I didn't yeah. have, I didn't have, I started my web series with, like, $130, and and I and, and I was just like, oh man, I don't have like a DSLR. I don't have like this. I don't have that. I don't have. But and like now, I'm like, I shoot everything on an iPhone. Yes, you should be proud of that shit. <laughs> I think that's glorious. You know? you know, I I really think and fucking, I have actually some layered shit with this uh-huh. actually because. I think it's a. I feel like filmmaking is for all budgets, but we get caught in the mm. world of mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. money and um, quality. Yeah, and it it matters in terms of like you know getting other work and stuff. I would I would definitely say from from what I've noticed, but there's also a point where I go into pitch meetings and I'm pitching to a company and they're like, well, why can't I just shoot this on an iPhone? Like, why do I need you? Mm. You know, and like that's very real because you have to show. Because you can't shoot this on an iPhone. Fucking iPhone shoots 4K now. Yeah. You know how much that would save budgets because iPhones shoot 4K? Yeah. Like, it's, you know, even these new, like, iPhone X, you know. Oh, yeah. It's portrait mode. You can do all this. It's, like, great. That's interesting. That's I think that's an interesting thing to talk about is, for one, the smartphone has made being an artist super accessible. Mm-hmm. But for two, it's also made it accessible to put out a lot of junk art mm-hmm. and, and maybe, maybe it's not yeah i don't maybe it's not junk art i have a hard time calling like bad art really bad art no. like do you know what i mean like no, i feel 100%. like it all kind of has its own place yeah but when you're surviving as an artist yeah i think is what you mean and when, when you're saying like my my 100 percent pure income how i pay my mortgage mm-hmm. is filmmaking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so how do i show that i'm worth someone spending right. The additional money on me and my gear and my crew, that we are above, you know, 
your cousin using the iPhone, which I've had clients saying that to me. Well, you know, yeah, and and to, to that, lower rates, yeah, you know? and to that I counter like, will you have experience? Mm-hmm. Your cousin Tony doesn't. Yeah, you know, like yeah, he takes like good pictures of his baby like taking a shit. Yeah, you know? and it's <laughs> and it's everything that you want from from the piece, right? Like, what's the important part of that piece? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the story you're yeah. telling? Like for Hiris Roar specifically. The reason why the lighting was so oh, important so to me, like, I'm a sucker for very theatrical lighting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've gotten some feedback because I also very much love negative feedback because it helps me grow as an artist, yeah. um, which I know you do, too. And I, I love, love good negative I, lo- I love that you post about it and you comment about it and you're open about it. Um, but was that they felt like the lighting, like, what did it motivate? And <clears throat> I think that's a great question because it's not like the lighting was gradual and then had a pop. You know, uh-huh. it didn't have anything like that. But it kind of did with the black and white push-in and then colors throughout it. But here's for Steps for Bravery specifically, because that's Brit's piece, Mm -hmm. um, she, like, this is a very ugly situation Mm -hmm. that happened. And you made a beautiful film around it. And having these beautiful, strong, courageous fucking women, like, every single woman that was in there is, like, the most badass bitch, Uh like... But then also the warmest and the, like... You the multifacetedness go, yes. of them. Whereas, like... Because, you know, we're all very... Like, the tropes of women in film. Mm-hmm. Where you're, like, you're the, you know, the slut. You're yeah. the You're the ingenue. You're the funny yeah. friend. And instead of, like, playing in those tropes, you presented this, like, really rounded visualization and yeah. expression of being a woman. Yeah. And... For I mean I'm just gonna stop it right here and be like for me the lighting the especially since it was shot in black and white you know the 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 brightness is like the healing yeah and that's what it was the lighting for me represented you know we can and you know how I set everybody up this kind of portrait esque mm-hmm. look for everyone um, is because subtlety matters you know like when Sierra there's a point where it's like you know she just talks about breathing and mm-hmm. then you know. Sierra just like took a breath and that was natural like that wasn't even directed mm-hmm. you know we just found that little love, millisecond in an edit well that's another that's a thing I love to to discuss too is like that beautiful little perfect accident yeah that happens and you're just like oh I didn't even know I needed that but you just gave it to me thank you so much exactly exactly <laughs> and it makes like a director's dream like perfect mm-hmm. but like little stuff like that is important and we look at you know, these situations and these traumatic stories as we're very self-defining. And I think, you know, with having these bold, beautiful lighting, this lighting that represents each woman and, you know, with Emily having the uh, lighting that has, you know, looks like little blinds and mm-hmm. we have lights in yeah, her face. Yeah, I love that. And where those is like that, that idea of maybe sometimes you feel internally, because... Um, uh, Emily was a little bit more of the aggressive one in it. Oh, you yeah, know? No. And then sometimes you feel like that was internally. like, yeah. I'm, And that's why she had the reds. And then we had the look of, like, the blinds, like, being inside angry mm. and not knowing how to, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, like, one, of, one of the things that I want to do on this podcast is actually redefine what it means to be a successful yes. artist. Because... My personal belief is that we're all we're all artists. Yeah. We're all like constructing something. We're all making something all the time, whether it's drama or our lives or yeah. making people, you know what I mean? We're architects, you know? And so what what is success for an artist? What does that look like to you? I would say success for an artist to me 
means curating art because you want to curate it and you've been given a platform to curate it. Now, I don't think that that happens very often, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that that means it's going to be monetary. Like you're Mm -hmm. not going to make bank off of it. Mm -hmm. But that one piece that you're like, that one piece that you're like, I'm proud of. Mm -hmm. It was collaborative. Every like I'm I'm just I just want people to see it right um, is incredible and that feeling I I mean the feeling of rapping on set is like one of the most incredible feelings yeah. ever you know and having everybody who you probably yelled at earlier that week <laughs> like you probably like they may have seen you crying uh-huh. you know or like you know it's been great and everything has been just amazing. And just wrapping together and being like, fuck yeah, we completed something We together. did this. We made this yes. thing. And together. And that's what I always try to put on my sets is the collaborative experience. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a fucking voice because why are we here if everybody doesn't Not have a share with voice. each other. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like to me, that feeling of success when you know you made it, just that feeling of just completing one thing, you yeah. know, and doing it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, like, wrapping with Brit for the one piece that I don't remember the name of anymore, but that wasn't our best work. That we're going to find on the deep, dark <laughs> yes, internet. Yes. I will send it to you. Please I will, do. I will, I will. That, is, that was success for me. Yeah. Know? And that's oh. the first time I met Steph during that. Oh, 100%. Like, oh, it I was, love it. Yeah, so, it was. It's like, it's like an epicenter. Yeah, I mean, I got really drunk that night because I had uh, such extreme anxiety. Duh. So I was like, high drunk, high drunk. <laughs> I was like, wow, my first film? Cool, Brit. You're going to make it shown to like 150 people? Thanks. You didn't let me know this. Yeah, it was fucking cool. It was really cool, but like the anxiety for that, I was like freaking out. But it it needed to happen at that moment. Yeah, and it did. But I feel like success is the completion of a project. And through post, you know, as a producer... It's easy to be like, we're wrapped, let's give this to the post-producer, but in real indie world, which is what I navigate in, um, I'm with a project from... Yeah, start to finish. Yeah, start to finish, and the moment I can be like, hey guys, like, it's really, really done. Like, for real. Like, like, go get your dress from Forever 21, because we're going to show it. Yes, literally, and, you know, (laughs) I'm still kind of navigating, like, always pubbing myself, because I don't, I'm not really good at, like giving myself PR, uh-huh. putting stuff out there, because mm. I'm like, ooh, it's done. Okay. I, yeah, like, off my plate, I never yeah, want to see it again. Yeah, like, can't wait for, like, potential customers to see this, because it's so great, you yeah. know, or uh, clients, not customers. But it's, I think that's how success is defined, is that moment of feeling that you completed something. Of accomplishment? Mm-hmm. Mm. And that can be anything. I mean, I... Writing, you know, the artist way, writing my morning pages sometimes. I'm like, wow, I'm fucking lazy, and I did it, and I'm feeling like I have already have a step ahead of the day. I have to say, okay, I'm going to, like, be a little contrary right now. Um, I don't think you're lazy. Well, (laughs) I mean, I think, I don't think I, I am very lazy, but I feel like I'm hungry for creating mm-hmm. and making money to create and bringing everybody with me so we could all fucking make money mm-hmm. and we could all create because we should all be making money w- with our work yes and i love that and i do work. and i i love that and i love that that's and that's something i mentioned with staff too in the last episode was um 
Shine Theory. Mm-hmm. Have you heard it? Call Your Girlfriend, Shine Theory. Like, no, what shine is it? Well, you basically, oh, oh, like, okay. live it and practice mm-hmm. it all the time because that's what you do. Like, you're, you send me things all the time. You're like, oh, you should, Joel, like, you should send on your resume. You should do this. You should do that. And I just think that we need more of that. So thank yeah. you. Oh, my God. I no, love you. Are you kidding I, me? Yeah. Like, it's important to work. It's important to work with other women and it's important to work with women that support you because I mean I've worked with women on set and Sarah Conley and I have worked with women Ooh, on set yeah tell us tell us the dark dish <laughs> that's been tell us the hot horrible guys. they were mean to you <laughs> yes and it's Sarah really? I want you to write down their names oh god I want you to write down I, their I'll, names I still it's still to this day the other day I woke up and I was like I'm fucking mad about it <laughs> Look at yeah. me. I'm like cooking eggs and I'm like I'm fucking mad and I text Sarah and I'm like I woke up really pissed about insert a fucking name there and Sarah's like <laughs> I get it and I was like I, I don't even know why it's been a while you need to like you need to write a, you need to write about that in your morning pages yes. if you haven't already it's been I mean you know it's it's one of those things that and then you realize when you're with shitty people really bad at their job it's a puff for yourself because you realize how amazing you are at yeah. your fucking job you're like I'll never suck this hard yeah and 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 knowing like wow kudos of my work ethic you know all the people that I work with from LA and the company that we were working under for a bit is a very 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 well-known company that has produced a lot of big tv shows and some very very famous ones right now um and just seeing that you know that was big motivation when I asked Sarah to start working with me is Mm -hmm. I realized I never ever ever want to put people in this situation again. Right, where they're not being respected, no. where they're yeah. being treated poorly. Yeah, and you know, I'm doing all the work and someone else is getting pub for it and I'm like, this is garbage, you yeah. know? And everybody from, the people that work with LA, what I did notice, they all came back and they were like, holy shit, people from Chicago have an intense work ethic. Yeah. And oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, because this isn't fucking LA. Your, your next opportunity isn't, may not be for next, month or two mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like we don't just have scripts just f- flopping in our back pocket right. that we can take actually what make we money. can when we can get it and yeah. then we do the best that we can when we do yes and yeah. she was just like you know it's incredible how much you guys work you know what what what's your takeaway on that experience like is it like a lesson on like how absolutely never to treat somebody yes and, and like how to always like when you run the set like you run the set to yeah. such a place that like no one can either A, get away with that shit, and B, no one ever feels like someone's getting away with that yeah. shit. Yeah, I think it's both. Yeah. You know, it realizes the, it realizes the impact you have on people's lives, too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. seeing, you know, having people just coming up to us and on the verge of tears because oh, they've been God. screamed at that, like, and belittled no. and treated like shit. Why like, is that even happening? In, like, 110-degree weather and underpaid and all this shit and someone's coming to you because they feel comfortable with you mm-hmm. and they know that you're going to treat them that way. No. And, but you're in a position that maybe could stand up for them, you know? And I never want to make people feel like that. Yeah. And because I don't want to fucking feel like that and I'm a fucking human being and yeah. so are other people and we should just treat people with respect until they deserve other, <laughs> you know? And the, the other thing is, is like, it's not that serious. This it's is not. a brain surgery. Exactly. No one's going to die. Exactly. Like, literally not one person will die. Yeah. It's like, you, the only the be. only thing that's really at stake here is money. Yeah. And when I realized, too, in the recent years that, like, you know, or in this recent year that I am going out pitching places, I'm going to go out 
And I'm going to go out and find business instead of business finding me, which is Mm -hmm. a lot of times how I got businesses because I treat my crew with respect. So they refer you. Yeah. Right. You know, you have, you have a lot of tattoos. Yeah. Right. And you also like your makeup, like, like if you guys need if yeah, you're really into makeup. But like, I think that in itself is like a form of artistic expression. Yes. I love it. It's therapeutic for me. Therapeutic. It's like you also like putting on your mask, you know? Your war paint. Yeah. For me, um, when I go out and perform or when I'm about to record something or shoot something, putting on the mask of the character, whether... Well, usually I'm not playing myself, right? Yeah. I'm pretty deep into character. Like, So putting on this character's makeup in in the way that they would wear it, putting on their hair and the way yeah. that their hair needs to be or whatever. Like your photo shoot with Steph was Yeah. And she amazing. yeah, she photographed all the transformation, um, transformation yeah. into like this mermaid character. And I'm just fascinated by that. And I think that that happens especially a lot for women because we do wear makeup in our day to day life. And I think some men who probably play with it understand yeah. and know what that means and feels like. But what it like yeah, I mean, do you just feel better equipped to handle situations with your with your armor on? No, well, I am very much, I like makeup because I like doing it. Mm-hmm. I am very comfortable not wearing makeup. Uh-huh. And if you see me on set most, most of the time, uh-huh. I like don't have makeup on. I am a fan of lash extensions. Mm-hmm. Your lashes look great. <laughs> so, Lash Tech Pro, I'm Cicero Luba. She's my girl. Shout she out. Will, she will like go to her. I tell everybody to go to her. I don't need makeup. I choose to have makeup because I enjoy how makeup can change uh, my looks. Like, I love a good smoky red eye, you Mm -hmm. know, because, like, red gives these, like, sultry death kind of looks. And I'm like, I'm into that. It's funny because you are kind of sounding exactly the way you sounded when you were talking about lighting your your film. I I love it. I feel like, you know, the contours of a face and, you know, are... Faces are so unique, and uh-huh. we have structures, and everybody's face is gorgeous because it's their face, and it's unique to them and their genetics. And I think playing up on that, uh-huh. you know, like being able to contour with the shape of a cheek mm-hmm. or like a brow and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I find I find that fascinating. And it's the same way that you can do that with lighting, yeah. you know? It's the same way you could do that uh, with all that stuff. And I just feel like makeup is fun to play with. It's so me. fun to play with. You know, I, I love it. Yeah. I, yeah. Just, I just like playing with different sorts of looks and colors mm-hmm. and all that stuff, you know. How old were you when you got your first tattoo? Oh. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> was it a, was it your uh, lower back? Because <laughs> yes. mine was. Uh, yes. And I definitely so, was a, a, a blush away from just turning 18. Yeah. I was like 18 I, in one month. I think I was, ooh, 16 or 17. Ooh. Yes. My mom was not happy. Sorry, yeah. Barbie. Where did you go to get this probably really great <laughs> tattoo? <laughs> I will never show it to anyone because it's horrible. But. You're going to show it to me after we're finished. Probably. Right? It's on my ass. Um, so I got it out of a gentleman named Kane. Okay. The guy that did mine was named Meathead. <laughs> yes. Yes. I got that tattoo on my butt back um yeah. in his kitchen cool <laughs> so it's next to like the skillet yes literally <laughs> like trap house <laughs> and it was great though and i didn't get any diseases but i don't recommend people doing that no don't no because i i love i personally love tattoos and i noticed that a lot of artists have them so like are they what are they what do they what do they represent to you like what what's your impetus sometimes for getting one well i think 
the idea of tattoos is this idea of I think everybody wants this tattoo to have like this fucking super hardcore meaning right and like realistically it's a piece of art we love enough that we can walk around navigate the world with that I want to talk about and I want to have on me it's like a great necklace that I never want to take off you know what I mean it's like it's it's the same thing it doesn't have to be this like family thing that's been right passed the down yeah it doesn't yes, it doesn't have to be that it sure it's can just be something that you're proud of mm. to wear around all the time mm-hmm. and that's what you know garrett harper who he works for mayday tattoo i've done a mini documentary for him as well oh cool yeah and he's like the sickest tattoo artist ever Ooh. and he's um a person of color and he's from chicago and it's a high school together he's fucking hilarious he's just warm like when we're there uh-huh. like we'll go out and smoke we'll come back and we'll like cigarettes or marijuana <laughs> marijuana marijuana Juana. always you know and we like come back and it's like i can make fun of him and he makes fun of me oh that's we, so nice because yeah. i've definitely been tattooed by some dude artists that were less friendly than i would have liked no it's all about atmosphere yeah. with tattoos and i wouldn't let that happen now no but my That's last been tattoo real. artist was awesome. He was yeah. he was really cool. It's real though. Tattoo environment going into sometimes you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. navigating mm-hmm. and at you know not to plug Mayday but like because I don't Go know ahead. everybody that's there yeah but like we're all about plugging artists here on yeah, making an artist and everybody at Mayday would, has been super You know what? Maybe you should lit. come on the show. He would. He would be amazing. Oh great! It. It's nice to see an artist make money that he deserves yes you know and like because he he's successful and he fucking deserves it as somebody who wants an art Mm -hmm. a piece of artwork when i walk around like i want i want you don't want a tweety bird no you know which like no shade to that like i had a few spray paint tweety bird shirts on when i was in high school yeah dolphins were a big thing yeah like Lisa Frank stuff. Like, oh, I was there I would for get a Lisa Frank tattoo <laughs> right now. Like, that would I was be there for super it. cool. What would you tell little Sarah Manny Chandler, like, 10 years ago? Like, that? what would you tell that artist who maybe didn't even know she was an artist yeah. yet? What would you tell her now? I would tell her that it's okay mm. and that a lot of the shit doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. And, like put energy and stop being so fucking negative mm-hmm. i'm like one of the most negative people ever but like people think i'm like miss positivity all the time mm-hmm. but like when it's my own shit i'm like woe is me yeah. <laughs> you know i'm very much like and i'm sure like uh my partner has to deal with that more than everyone else my partner and my parents um but i i would say it's gonna be okay and um and also i would say like conserve your energy mm, not everybody's great. your friend and not everybody's an ally mm. you know and because for a while i think especially being an only child i'm like she's gonna be my best friend for life and it's like no take sometimes a relationship is that moment uh-huh. and what can you get out of that moment that doesn't have to last for forever the idea of like let people show you who they are. Yeah. Don't construct it for them. Exactly. And I would very much project and construct what I want yeah. uh, a friendship to look like. And I would pinpoint the little things that they're doing instead of looking at the overall picture that maybe they're not. Right. And the person, the, mm, they're mm. not doing the shine theory or showing the shine yeah, theory. Yeah, they're like, they're yeah. kind of like probably maybe a little backhanded. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And there's a lot of that. And I think in filmmaking too, there's a lot of like, mm. 
let's help each other out, but no one really wants to help each other. Right. Out. A lot of talking and not a lot of yeah. doing. And I've been lucky, and I'm not saying like I've been lucky where the people I've surrounded myself with have cultivated a very sense of community and family. That's what I would say to myself is that not everybody's an ally, and yeah. it's okay. It, and it is okay. That's a, oh, I love that because it's like. Not everybody has to be your friend, and not everybody mm. has to like what you do. No. You have to like what you do. Yeah. You I have, have to, to be live your with friend. Myself. Yeah. yeah. I have to live with myself every day, and that's okay. You don't have to be a fan of me, but I'm a fucking fan you of You have to look in the mirror at those beautiful lashes every day. Yes, bitch. I paid for these. <laughs> Sometimes Derek does. Shout out to that. But yes, very Thanks, much. Thanks, yes. What I'm working on in 2018 is projecting my energy on people that matter. I love that. Yes. Yes. Agreed. You know, the same. Re- and my whole, like, you know, we were talking about the idea of words or like sayings for 2018 mm-hmm. and really reclaiming my time yes. is my 2018 saying is because I've done a lot of like, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this project because it's going to help my career and it really doesn't. I'm reclaiming my fucking time. Maxine Waters is on my 2018 vision board. Right? Yes. <laughs> she should be. She should be. She should be on everything. That's vision. my whole thing. I Clients trying to get away with so many things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. That not wasn't today. part of the budget, not boo. Today, Satan. Reclaiming my time and my people's time. And getting paid. Yes. Getting paid. I and that's that. what I mean by all of that. Jamie Howard, um, who is Glitter Burrito on the Twitters, and Jamie okay. Christine Howard, I think, on Instagram. I might be wrong about that. I no, I think you're right. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I didn't write that down. <laughs> so I smoked a lot of pot in college. Uh, I love her, too. I, I love, uh, why uh, is she the best? I want to work with her. Jamie, I'm putting this out there now. I will cast you for something. <laughs> Yes. When it's the right money and I can fly you here. Yes. <laughs> you know, agreed. Like you are agreed. amazing. How do you, Jamie, Jamie asks, how do you keep your creative cup full? Which I thought it, that's a great fucking question. Yeah. And I'm still working on it. Uh-huh. Well, um, we're all working on it. Yeah. I would say by fun projects, like the project that we're going to work on mm-hmm, together, mm-hmm. Um, by allowing yourself to get creative with people that um, you connect with is how I keep it full and allow in collaborative environments because we can connect with someone and they can be a steamroller and they can yeah. just be like, well, we're doing it like this. This is my, you know, and that's like, not, that's not fun. No. And it's that idea of curating a piece together with someone mm-hmm. is how I keep it full. But I'm still working on that all the time because there's times that I want to drop, drop out and um, just move to like my cousin's friend. She owns a pot, a popcorn stand in Hawaii. <laughs> and I'm what? like, I'd rather be doing that. Some days. But Some I, days. Yeah, but then in a majority of my life, there's not one second that, uh, you know, I, I've been saying this, I'd rather be complaining about what I love to do than hating where I'm at in my life and, you know, complaining about something I hate. What are we looking for in the future? What are any upcoming projects? And also, where can we find you? Yeah, On the internet. So we have the Bon Vivant um, mm. story, Emily's story. It's going to be coming out. At the beginning of March, so peep that. There's and Bam Vivant is um, Emily Najad, and she's an amazing, amazing, amazing Amazing. cake artist. I've actually, like, eaten her cake several times. Mm. Every time I take a bite Mm. of them, I Mm -mm -mm. literally curse. Yes! Mm -mm -mm. I'm literally like, God damn it, motherfucker, this is so good! Like, oh, I get Uh, angry, it's so good. Yes. So you you did a piece for her (laughs) and her company, and it's beautiful. I've actually seen a rough cut, right? That was a rough cut. Yeah, rough cut. It's beautiful. Yeah, now it's colored and it's Ooh, finessed and you know we and have that's in March artists. yeah so the beginning of March that's going to come out I also have a music video that's coming out which uh, is more normally I don't do a lot of uh, 
Progressive Baptist songs. Oh, who's this with? Uh, Wendell Parker. Okay. So that's going to be coming out. Uh, Rudy directed, like, was the director of photography on that, and we co-directed it. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, and other than that, there's I have a bunch of corporate shit that I won't even say because that's They're nobody fine. cares about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can find me at miniproductionsllc.com or um, at miniproductionsllc on Instagram and Facebook. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much for coming. Yes, this is so fun. Thank you. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Music on the episode today was provided and created by the ever-wonderful Lynn and Bone at soundandpatternsmusic.com. And there will also be a list of all the artists we mentioned in today's episode so that you can check them out and follow them. Holler at me at lifeofthepotty.com or lifeofthepotty at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Thanks. And as my dad would say, talk at you later.